Oh, man. Hi. Welcome to The Lonesome Road, Episode 3. Through myriad technical difficulties and many fine pre-show conversations, we are back <laughs> and attempting to discuss one of my favorite topics, though I'm more rusty on it than I should be, uh, the Mothman and associated things such as favorite cryptids, other weird panics, uh, spring Jack, um, he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, just, we're, I mean, we're going to start, we're going to start with the Mothman, I think, and, and see where we get. Um, we love to get off topic and on tangents here. Um, my not guests, my co-hosts, this is the egalitarian here on Lonesome Road. Uh, Zach and Seth are here, obviously. Um, and the Mothman Prophecies is a book by the late John A. Keel, who I met once in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. He signed my book to Susie, which is not my name, because he was very old, and then he died. So oh. that's okay. I'm not that offended, John Keel. Susie's a perfectly fine name. Uh, the book is from 1975, actually, and um, I think it was relatively popular, but obviously the movie from 2002 starring Richard Gere, um, kind of made the Mothman more of a known commodity. Supposedly, it has been cited all over the place, um, including in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, uh, according to sketchy YouTube videos that my friend Todd sent me. Um, now, if we never hear from Mothman again, then we know he's in a Chicago PD Black site. <gasps> oh, no! Oh, God, someone called oh. Spencer Ackerman. Fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Oh man, you just made it all like hashtag too real. Um, so the Mothman is supposedly like there, there's differing um, descriptions of him. I actually went to Point Pleasant once and talked to some people about this, and one dude just claimed he saw a really big bird that doesn't exist. But generally, it's a it's a humanoid, grayish, about eight feet tall, has wings. Sometimes doesn't even really have a head, but has like freaky glowing red eyes kind of in his neck, which I think is more disturbing. Um, and the movie kind of stresses uh, Mothman's like, doesn't cause terrible things, but is sort of a, an omen uh, of them. Um, and Keel's book is just like a weird wandering journey through these first sightings in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 1966 and 67, um, ending in the very real tragedy of the Silver Bridge collapse, um, which killed, I'm trying to remember, about 60 people. Um, and then supposedly, you know, the, the sightings kind of stopped after that. If you want to get spooky, because the Mothman was off to warn of other terrible things, or if you want to get overly uh literal probably because people were a little distracted by the actual horrible thing that had happened to the small town um you know take your pick um but along with sightings of the mothman there came sightings of ufos and sightings of men in black um and the film kind of cut that away and made the atmosphere it's actually a really cool atmosphere in the film um it's kind of a nauseating fluorescent light like lots of shots from high up as if being observed. It's actually kind of artfully shot. It's not a fantastic yeah. movie, but I think it's actually pretty good. And there's some shots at the end after the bridge collapses um, with car headlights in the water, spoiler alert, I guess, that are really very disturbing and also very sort of, you know, real worldy. Uh, so I think it's really worth watching, even if um, sort of horror is not your bag. There's some 
there's some real horror amongst all of the like paranormal nonsense as well. So um, I don't know when I was like 15, when the movie came out, my friends and I got kind of obsessed with that movie and signs. Um, and like, we terrified ourselves for like a year over them both. Um, the Mothman actually like actually watching the film. It wasn't as scary as previews made it out to be initially. Um, signs actually scared me more, which is sort of embarrassing, but funny at this point. I don't know. We got kind of captivated by the Mothman prophecies. And when I was 16, I went to Moth, the third annual Mothman Fest in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, um, and wrote a story about it for my community college journalism class. And I've been meaning to get back there since, um, but obviously I, I, I haven't yet. Uh, so for some reason, I don't know, the Mothman has always has a place in my heart, which is why I have my pin that I got on Etsy that says I am real has the mothman on it um i like i like the, the the baldness the boldness of that statement so i think the thing about uh, like the, that makes uh mothman prophecies like really interesting to me is that it's ostensibly about real things that are happening but it reads like a david lynch screenplay like it's just that weird crazy dream logic but it's happening in people's waking life. Yeah, it does that really <laughs> effectively. Like, like the movie's gaslighting you kind of, um, and Richard Gere's character sort of, there, I don't know, there's, there's some good stuff in there. In the beginning, his um, the character of his wife, who's totally, totally extra imaginary, dies of like an abrupt brain tumor and stuff. But there's also, I mean, there's some, hospital cringing scenes too that anybody who's ever been in the hospital even for something less horrible is just sort of again like like fluorescent light nausea is like the best way to describe it which is yeah. a very non-paranormal yeah. vibe but i don't know it, I really, it, it gave me a head watching the movie hadn't finished it i mean but like something about the lighting and, yeah. And the sound design, it gave me a headache. Like, and I, I feel like I don't that know if that's effective like, or like too effective then. <laughs> yeah. There's also um, some shots I know because it's uh, a lot of it was filmed in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Catanning, Pennsylvania, um, not Point Pleasant, which, if I recall correctly, the residents of the town were both annoyed and relieved by uh, in equal measure. Um, but, but I don't know the Mothman. My uh, my mom's favorite explanation for the Mothman is that he escaped from an intergalactic zoo, um, which you know is as good an explanation as any, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> Makes um, sense. There's some interesting stuff about Men in Black in the book as well, which again was kind of totally cut out of the film. The film keep some of the like the, the terrifying like phone calls from like the non-entity called Indrid Cold and um there's a there's a lot there's a lot of freaky stuff but they they kind of cut away to the core of it um but I kind of wish they'd included the men in black except as uh Seth mentioned previously like your average person has a very specific association with men in black and it involves Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones and a, a pug that can talk. So there is that. 
and, and possibly causes con uh, copyright issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mentioning a very, very, very popular franchise. In well, you guys, Richard are, Gere movie. Are we allowed to mention that? <laughs> you know what? We're gonna risk Whoa. it. We're, we're, we're gonna risk it. Come, come, come at me. Come at me, Richard Gere. Come at me. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably not Richard Gere. I don't think he's worried about it. Um, but <laughs> you guys have seen uh, the X Files episode uh, Jose Chung's from Outer Space, right? Because one of the finest X Files episodes of our time. I vaguely remember that, but it's supposed to be one of the. Uh, you guys got to get up yeah. on stuff. What do I? What I do I keep you around for? I haven't seen. Well, I started rewatching it, but uh, but I haven't seen most of the X Files since it was on air. Whenever that was. Yeah, same here. That's one with, so with Belzer, with Richard Belzer, right? Refresh my memory. Lunch, the, the, he was the character. He oh was yeah, in, yeah, yeah! It is totally. He was um, in Homicide, <laughs> and then he was in X Files, and then he was in Law and Order. Wait, is that the one? And I kind of no. You know what? He's a real life conspiracy theory guy. He's really into that in real life. Does he really believe them? Because uh, the cigarette smoking yeah. man has become like a, like a professional skeptic um, after being the villain of the X Files, which I think is kind of funny. Oh no way! Um, yeah, William B. Davis, I think is his name. He's Canadian, um, and you can tell, which is always funny when someone who's Canadian tries to be a villain on a show, but he's actually an awesome villain. But uh, Jose Chung is one of the most meta. It's I really hate meta stuff a lot of the time, but it like it deconstructs like the the, the silliness of the X Files, while also being sort of a real solid episode and not like a complete there's, wink. It's really good balance. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm totally blanking. That's not his episode. There's another. Um, I'm Here, let me see. Let me look this up. I'm trying to think, I think he might be in the one where Mulder meets the lone gunman for the first time, which is also a really good episode. Um, He's in Species Part 2. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he, he always bothered me when I, when I would occasionally watch Law & Order Special Victims Unit and then feel bad, like, as a bad libertarian. Because um, he was always what? the one <laughs> pointing out that the Fourth Amendment was real and then, like, everyone being like, <laughs> Whatever, and then like you know, beating up suspects and stuff. Being Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek in this episode. Yes, that's the whole point of this freaking tangent. Damn, thank you. Okay, Alex Trebek and Jesse Ventura. Who watches tonight? If you, yeah, you fucking better. God damn, son, where have you been all your life? You don't. You don't even. I can't even begin to describe the wonder of this, and I almost wish you didn't know this because it's so good. Um, they play Men in Black, and it's phenomenal. And you have to watch it. Um, Jesse Ventura's, shall we say, limited acting skills are are like. Oh, I don't know about aliens, yo. Wait, you what? know, they're aliens are real. They cause real explosion in Building Seven. You like just. They're used to really great effect because. <laughs> Stories about men in black, uh, not the Will Smith kind, the kind in silly, amazing books like this, they're often described as being off. They, they resemble humans uh, in the way that Jesse Venture resembles a human, um, but they do not know how to act in quite a normal fashion. Um, there's like... Like Jesse Ventura. He's <laughs> like out picking fights with Chris Kyle or whatever. <laughs> uh, I believe that Chris Kyle, American... 
hero and patriot, obviously, uh, made up that he beat up Jesse Ventura, and then it turns yeah. out he didn't. So score one for Jesse Ventura. I don't know. He used to be libertarian, and then he went crazy, which is always a bummer. I think. Um, yeah, happens to the best of them. I think. I think. I think libertarianness was a uh, was a uh, uh, just longer career being crazy. That's a whole. Ventura. Yeah, it's a whole depressing. I mean, Minnesota accent. You know, Alex, I, I got real close to the truth on, on building seven. Yeah, you, you, like, well, you're going to love it. And if you don't love it, I, I don't even know what to do. But you're going to love it, I promise. Because it's really good. I'm sure I'll like it. I'm sure I'll. Um, but Men in Black are an interesting phenomenon. And I feel like at some point we should talk about what the, um, the new like version of them, which is Black Eyed Children. Have you guys heard about them? Oh yeah, Scott. The, uh, Are you? I can't tell. It's one of those things where it's like borderline too cheesy for me to be bothered by, but occasionally I'm like, eh, it still bothers me back here in the spinal area. Yeah, yeah. Back back when I was single, I used to fall asleep listening Coast to Coast every night, and just in between, like. I was just awake enough to know it was on the radio, but just asleep enough to be like terrified of black eyed children. And like, I'm like, like, I wasn't sure how long they've been, they'd been around the as an idea. Um, because I saw them on sort of more newer, um, weird stuff of the week type websites, not the sort of the more staple things. Yeah. Exactly. We lost. The first sighting was like in the was like in the the, the first sighting was like in the mid nineties. Like the guy yeah. that first reported it, it shows up on all these shows all the time and talks about it. The other about stuff, it, you know, like I mean, what's the idea with them is is again, it's like they resemble humans mostly, but they act bizarrely, and to a lot of yeah. people, that's more scary. And I. I I generally identify with that. I've always been kind of freaked out by um, the classic greys, you know, but the humanoid, uh, the more humanoid type. Well, I mean, uh, of course, arguably like the greys are humanoid enough that they're supposed to bother people as well. I mean, there's ideas that they're based on sleep paralysis or there's something about like, they're like, you know, their exaggerated eyes and stuff are like what an infant might, yeah, they have neotinous features. Yeah. Neotony, where it's like, like, features have, like, baby-like. Make you, uh, it's supposed to elicit, like, a sympathetic response so that you won't just, like, yeah let them starve or throw yeah. them off a cliff. But, like, anything that looks exactly like a human, um, a lot of things, I there's always one or two nightmares that I can always, like, remember. And I remember one where my whole family was like possessed by something really stupid in nineties. Like, like, like a, like the game gear. I swear. It's like a fake nineties. <laughs> but I just remember something with like our game gear, like going awry and my entire family, um, my entire family was like possessed, but it was like totally terrifying. And there's definitely that like humans are acting wrong. And like, it, it's, it's like someone's wearing a human suit that, is really bothersome. Um, that, like, like it, it, it's take, we've had to get to this level of technology in the last 10, 15 years to, to realize like 
replicate a, a, a believable human presence. Like, it would, like the, you know, discovering the uncanny valley. Mm. It's kind of, it's, it's just like something we kind of didn't know about until, until now, because we've never had like, close to, to, to come in and, and realize like how, how far we have to go. And so that was like, I guess like the first, people's first encounter with the uncanny, uncanny valley is like, you know, men in black or these black eyed children or they're just like, they look human, but there's just something. But I mean, almost everything that humans usually are afraid of besides like wild animals, weather, disease, any kind of entity that's supposed to scare them is, is generally at least semi-humanoid um, unless you're getting like Lovecraftian, yeah. but even that there's, it's just humanoid just mixed up into a Yeah. Or it's just like a ball of tentacles or it's like, right about it was too terrible to describe like <laughs> not unlike the, the now you know, <laughs> that was not me that was my impression of lovecraft just Great word for you. <laughs> i think the thing with like like black-eyed children and men in black is that they vampires or like fairies or like they, they want they want you to invite them in the house they want you to let them right. in they don't right. just come in which is like that like it's it's a completely normal thing to do but there's just something about them that that's off-putting that makes you not want to do it and the thing but that's you creepy also, about like, gray but you also want to though right i mean with vampires yeah. obviously there's like the seductive right. element unless you're like nosferatu yeah. you look all fugly and stuff but uh and the, like the gray the grays are scary because they just have like 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 they can just like walk through walls like nothing can stop them oh uh, don't say that don't say that it's nighttime okay <laughs> see it's nighttime damn <sighs> unless there's a plush alien behind me who's wearing sunglasses so it's not very threatening uh yeah. i'm he's a clay man <laughs> but oh man i had a, i had a i had a some i had a point it's important um i was gonna get all deep and be like well, I don't know. Thinking, thinking about you know humans that behave wrongly as the sort of the ultimate scary thing. I don't know. Even if you think about like fucking Jeffrey Dahmer or somebody, just somebody who kind of is somebody wearing a human suit. Uh, not that he, he literally wasn't human, because there's there's kind of a key lesson there that humans can be like the nastiest fuckers on earth. But that. I've always been more afraid also as a lady, you know, sort of the vague fear that someone's going to some, like this classic stranger will abduct you and like rape and murder you sort of thing that overly drilled into our heads, even though it's blessedly rare, but just that idea is more scary to me than, um, I mean, I guess I don't live in tornado alley or or anything like that um, than wild animals or weather, because you, you think that you're supposed to be able to reason and relate to a human on some level. So, I don't know. I mean, in some ways, a serial killer and an alien abduction, both abduct, you know, are, are sort of. I don't know. I, I actually think that that fear is is kind of closer on on the the chart of awfulness than uh than than the previously occurred to me. I'm uh I'm kind of thinking out loud yeah. here because I never made that comparison before. But well, I'm I'm still 
in, in some part of my brain just terrified by alien abductions because I saw a fire in the sky when I was a, a child. I can't, I don't, I'm just too scared to watch that still. Ooh, I honestly I, don't know if I should because I'm kind it, of a bad sleeper. It's, it's, it's still pretty it. frightening, but then you... Yeah, but, but, but you read the story in real life and you and you're like yeah this guy is this guy is lying he is just a liar like he's, he's pretty much like the only guy like all his friends are like yeah no he's he's lying we we just came up with this one we can we're, we're here or whatever and like no 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 really let me tell you about the aliens he just got dragged around in the woods naked and then disappeared for yeah, <laughs> just get, that's very credible but hashtag, i mean i things hashtag my uh, my sister made the whole family watch. Um, oh my god, what's the Whitley Stryber communion? Communion. But oh, yeah. the ridiculous movie starring Christopher Walken, and yeah. I was like clutching my armrest, ready to be traumatized, and to have my sister make fun of me for being freaked out by it. And there's a couple of scenes in the beginning that are a little scary, and they have that sort of Mothman prophecies, like the lights are buzzing and something's wrong vibe. Yeah. And there's and then I was like, okay, this is gonna be scary. And then there are kind of grays, and then there are these ridiculous '80s like gnome-like blue people. And then Christopher Walken just gets more and more Christopher Walkeny, and it's really, it just gets not at all scary. Speaking of someone who was scared by signs, uh, you know, and that's saying something. But signs, regardless of the ridiculous ending, has really solid atmosphere too. So I will go to the, I will go to. I will, I will defend signs until my dying the day. Guy that, the guy that directed uh, Communion made this really terrible fake documentary about aliens called, um, according to Occam's Razor, I think, and it was so bad, and he was like, I'm going to go to my storage locker where I still have the alien. He talks to this weird family friend who's like, like just like Kramer. It was, the, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> Is this supposed to be like serious? Supposed to be serious? Yeah, it was supposed to be kind of serious. At the end, he like pretends like he gets abducted by aliens, but it's oh like, my god, that sounds really awkward. Just as awkward really, as it was, it was horrible. He has like this weird family friend talking about how like, well, you know, I grew up Jewish, and the aliens I was abducted by danced around a circle and chant and sang, like Jews do at a bar mitzvah, and it was just, it was just so bizarre. And Therefore. Like, I, I'm not sure what the implications yeah, I, are I, at all. I, I, I don't think anybody considered much of anything with this movie. Like it was just like, <laughs> eh, let's just make this document. It was, it was just. Ergo. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> you can put the pieces together. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, that's but he does just see, just in case you're wondering, he does have some aliens from that movie in his story. Okay. Good. Good. Good to know. I'm now reminded of the uh, the classic 90s moment, which I missed because I was too scared. Um, Alien Autopsy on Fox. She's oh, actually yeah, referenced so on the aforementioned Amazing X-Files episode because that's how, how good uh, Darren Morgan episodes usually are. Um, yeah, that was... It's like a simpler time that that kind of thing would air on broadcast TV as if it was real. Um <sighs> We were, that we was were Fox's thing, though. They would take, they would do Fox would do weird things like that back then because they basically had like the Simpsons files, and then the rest of it was just like whatever. They had some kind of like reality type shows. Uh, they had sightings, which we talked about a little bit earlier, which is sort of like a paranormal shows, kind of like a 
like Dateline crossed with Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, Unsolved Mysteries. Another thing to scare 90s kids. Uh, even the theme music. And uh, that Robert Stack in the trench coat. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was so troubling. Yeah. So troubling. He just, he had a good vibe where just like, as soon as you started talking, you were just like unsettled. It was, it was very effective. I expect him a little bit weirded out that he would talk about like, and stuff and then like the next minute be like this family is missing their loved one who disappeared in mysterious circumstances and they're very distraught let's talk to them and they're like you know like falling apart and then he's like honey please please call this family is is just destroyed and then it's like next segment <laughs> like it was just like, it's weird that was a weird, it's weird. It was a weird yeah. show yeah Things, but things like people are obviously stressed, and this other guy is like, "Yeah, UFOs burned a pattern on my chest." You know, <laughs> no wonder that show was so unsettling. Like maybe they were completely jerking you around, and that was a uh, that was bothersome. That's true. Maybe it's like you cannot control any of these weird paranormal events, so uh, so you have to uh, so you can help, but you can help find this this lost boy. Or that's I mean, yeah. too true, yeah. too true. Here's something, yeah. But, I mean, that's so many, like, fun, bullshitty things are kind of dangerous in that way. I mean, at some point, InfoWars stopped being quite as hilarious, um, you know, when it started being, like, getting, hanging out in the White House and and yeah. when uh, Alex Jones started, like, rooting for the president. It's not like I expect anything from yeah. Alex Jones, but I expect him to be, like, hysterically paranoid about the government, like, consistently at least, and he can't even do that. It's very disappointing. Well, he, my favorite part is he was explaining it on his show, and he's like, well, basically, guys, what you have is you have the deep state, they're all pedophile, weirdo liberal elites who drink <laughs> wine and like to go to these weird weirdo pizza parties in the basement of the pizza <laughs> hut, and they bless children's satanic rituals. Then you have all these other guys, just good old boys, like, drink beer and, like, deep steaks, like, to have sex with women. And, like... <laughs> It's like this huge cosmic battle between the forces of good and evil. Basically, <laughs> like, like steak eaters versus the like satanic pedophiles. <laughs> oh, please, please write a poll something about that. With like, like yeah. please write. Like that'd be the thing. Like, 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 like globalists start taking over and like the war, like the heat of the war. Like, Al Alexander is in like some bunker and it's like you know dark. And it's, it's booming. Like, like dust is coming down from the rafters because there's like bombs exploding overhead and he's like prove, prove your loyalty to America eat this steak because he, he just can't put it in his mouth it's like <laughs> the guy is like we'll get you Alex Jones like, I couldn't eat the steak I would watch that Saturday morning cartoon series every every day, every too. week. Yeah, I would definitely. watch the feature film too yeah yeah please please work on that and get back to us um well, yeah, there's I know. a guy that was what the pizza guy was making guy? a movie. No, the it was the Gray State guy who was making a movie about what like the Alex Jones globalist takeover thing would would be like, and he committed. I think he was like in a murder suicide. Well, that's unfortunate. It was, it was in the New, it was in the New oh. Yorker. Yeah, it was. It was I, think I missed that. Hmm. I yeah. always feel. Partially because my boyfriend is like a super atheist, um, like, 
like he's like a, i mean he, he you know slightly overbearing but like i'm an overbearing libertarian so i'm god knows i'm not judging but uh i always you know he is sort of just like his influence makes me feel kind of guilty about like reveling in like nonsense because sometimes <laughs> it has these real world consequences um you know like i don't know i see what i have right over here in my signed books i have a random book some weirdo by, by randy weaver um that i bought um that says to some dude something about freedom randy weaver 1990 something or, you, uh, know, you know, you get guys show up at pizza places with assault rifles because of something well, they saw in right. InfoWars. Exactly. Um, and uh, God knows not to blame the Weavers for the fucking murderous government, but also, you know, their paranoia and the nonsense that they believed in certainly Contributed escalated to and helped yeah. lead to that. So, like, you know, that's kind of why I think the land of aliens um, and Mothman is a little is a little safer because and I'm not even assuming that there's nothing to any of it even, but just that it doesn't have as directly like muddling consequences to critical thinking and science and shit. I mean, plenty of scientists think that, you know, humanoid aliens are a stupid idea. Um, and science yeah. has not yet addressed the Mothman uh, as much as it should, but I think they're probably pretty underwhelmed by it. So it's like it doesn't feel quite as like you're, I don't know, you're you're like beating facts to death with a bat, I guess, to me. Because often, I mean, something happened too. Um, yeah. Maybe that guy in Fire in the Sky did run off naked into the woods, drunk, and come back with his tale of abduction. But you know, he said it happened. Uh, Barney and Betty Hill said something happened and a lot of people in west virginia yeah. looked really freaked out when they came, like especially the first couple of people who saw the mothman you know whether it was a a crane or an owl or something you know or like a something reflected on something that looked like two giant ass red eyes they saw something and they went into well the it was like a, it was a report of the newspaper and something occurred you know and it, and it was a harbinger of a series of really strange events, too. I mean, there's... What was yeah. weird about it is that, you know, like, people start seeing Mothman, then, you know, like electrical gadgets start acting weird, and all this stuff happens, and it's sort of like the, the high point of that. And, I mean, it's presented in this, in, in the book, particularly, as sort of tapering off after that bridge did collapse in Point Pleasant, which, I mean, it might be nonsense, but, and mass hysteria, I mean, there's, you know, you, you could probably end the conversation by declaring that's what it was, uh, based on, yeah. again, the first sighting being of a really big owl or something like that. But, of course, these people yeah. claimed that they well, were chased in their car were... by a winged humanoid, so it's not like, uh, it's not like they all, you know, saw something out of the corner of their eye and like lost their shit. A lot of them are very, yeah. very clear about that they saw like an eight foot tall winged guy with giant red spotlight eyes. So that's yeah. If you saw if you saw that, that would be hard to mistake it. It'd be like, oh, that's that's a screech owl. <laughs> no, an eight foot tall red eyes is gonna be hard to mistake. Yeah. Which is to say, like owls, owls are a lot of times considered like a bad omen in a lot of different cultures. Like, it's 
you know, like the owl is usually like a harbinger of death in, in, in a lot of a lot of cultures. So even just hey, owls are acting strangely is in, <laughs> is in itself interesting before all these weird occurrences start happening. I got to um, brush up on. You should know more about Springheel Jack, but we were talking about him a little bit, and he kind of reminds me of the Mothman, even though he's. I think he was more humid and less uh, humanoid. He was like a guy. He was like the very first steampunk. <laughs> he, he was um, <laughs> like 1830s, did we decide it was? We were looking it up. Um, yeah, yeah, 1830s. I think so, yeah. There was this guy who just like, much like Superman initially could only leap tall buildings in a single bound, uh, Spring Hill Jack couldn't fly like the Mothman, but he could sort of jump impossibly high supposedly and he randomly attacked people in in, in england supposedly and he um what did he wear bouncy shoes <laughs> but that was that was another sort of hysteria thing that I feel like I'm missing um, Seth right now. It's probably really good stuff yeah. that uh, I'm missing. So, I'm yeah. sad about that. <laughs> yeah, I was missing it too. So, <laughs> gestures I'm were so very uh, entertaining, though. Into Spring Heel Jack, like, in, like from the 1830s, make him look like And, like, you know. Can you guys hear me? I lost it for a second there. Yeah. Look. Go ahead. Go on every every time we talk about the Mothman, that starts happening, which is you know. That's another thing I love. Um, Coast to Coast AM. Anytime some guest would call in on like and you know there was any static on the line, it, w it was always like oh, that can't just be a coincidence, you know? It was fucking interference. That was. That was like one of the famous calls in the Art Bell days. Was the guys like, I know about Area 51. I got out. They know where I am. And like the call just like stops in the middle. And it was, <laughs> if it was somebody acting, it was it was perfect. It was so really? good. Really? It was just yeah. Well, Art Bell was always sounded. He wasn't as credulous as George Norrie, right? George Norrie was always kind of like, sure, that's true. Whatever you say. Art, I thought I, Art Bell was kind of a little more. Rye just, like, stuff. the hammer on some guy once because this guy was just like reading chapters from his book and he's like listen you need to answer the questions i ask you you will never be on the show again the guy's like oh <laughs> he's like i can just read the newspaper for the next couple hours and we'll talk and take calls about it <laughs> like i will not get off the show right now <laughs> i was like whoa i didn't know george nori had that in him yeah i don't know he cared that much mm. that's funny uh, my <laughs> yeah, favorite experience with coast to coast am i don't even know what exactly they were talking about but i was with my two friends sometime past midnight driving on windy foggy west virginia roads we were listening to coast to coast am it was cutting out like in and out because of the static and the mountains and the person on it was seriously talking about a possessed radio and like there was um some sort of audio demonstration or perhaps reenactment of what the possessed radio sounded like <laughs> but like it was just like the most perfect setting for coast to coast am and for this subject and it, it was so good 
Because it was just like, I don't know. Something really epic and terrifying should have happened that night with that kind of a buildup, but it did not. We just drove around the tri-state area. Um, it was a good night, but... Huh? <laughs> um, hmm. I always I feel like Zach is going to finally give us some of his his laid back wisdom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I keep cutting out. Let's like put you own. on the spot, Zach. But... Yeah, let's put him horribly on the spot. He's our technical wizard with uh, combining our, our various files sometimes, but I feel like we don't give him a ch <laughs> chance to shine to give his all. Shine, shine. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, well. I got, you got Don't you, um, didn't you have Except... some some brochures about your local... Um, I do, yeah. You are in Oregon right now, right? I'm in Oregon, Because you're yeah. traveling the land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we established that Zach is a, is a nomad. Mm-hmm. A nomad, yeah. I feel like it has been established previously. Okay. Mm -hmm. Full-on full on nomadic. Um, yeah, that'd be... Uh, it's it's a bit off-topic from Spring Hill Jack and, Jack and the Mothman prophecies, but... Uh, but I figure it's interesting, and pro they probably talked about it on Coast to Coast before. I'm not sure, but uh, but I went to a place called the Organ Vortex, which I have this uh, very scientific-looking book. Um, it looks I convincing. There. I mean, I'm convinced yeah. already. Um, and uh, and there are many. Uh, it's a uh, it's it's a phenomenon known as a gravity hill or a mystery hill. Yeah. Uh, they go by different names, uh, but there's only one real one and that happens to be the organ vortex all the rest of them are like these like totally fake hoaxes um, how do you know how can you prove obviously. this uh, well it says in the brochure there's actually a <laughs> quote um in some in instances the copyrighted demonstrations and literature have been copied but it's only at the organ vortex and in these pages that a satisfactory explanation is given oh um, so it's there's diagrams and um and science words, you know, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of very technical information in it. Um, so what does it do when you get so there, basically, So basically, the organ vortex, it's uh, it's 165 feet in diameter, although that fluctuates a little bit, apparently, during, uh, you know, depending on the time of year and that sort of thing. Um, and the, the big, uh, the big uh, experiment there is there's this house that I guess was an old, they used to uh, use it to, uh, to weigh gold or to assess gold. And it slid down the hill at some point. And, uh, and so it's kind of this crooked mess of a house, but there are these weird, these weird phenomena that occur. Like if you, uh, if you try to roll a water bottle down this, uh, down this, this steep grade, it rolls back up. And, uh, and you can stand with another person on opposite sides of, of, uh, of the house or other areas within the vortex and, uh, and appear to like shrink or grow. Oh. So, Nice. So it's uh, it's definitely uh, not fake, not a hoax, uh, despite what James Randi said about it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, James <laughs> Randi. <laughs> I, I found this article. He says, uh, yeah, I think he called it like the the not a vortex or something. He had some like really. <laughs> Man, nomadic of. Well, I guess we can't blame the Mothman for that. We have to blame the uh, mystery vortex or the entire state of Oregon. 
man, we finally had Zach. Yeah. We finally had Zach on a roll. Oh, he was we were on there. It. See, this is why the Koch brothers need to uh, fund our radio show so that we can <laughs> yeah. we can go to like a fancy studio once a month uh, and discuss these topics. Uh, Fucking mystery vortex uh, every time. Uh, Every time. What if we got a way to get a check from the Koch brothers and George Soros at the same time and be just the most, like, hated man in America? It would be impressive if I were the most hated man in America. I'll grant you that. I bet somebody has gotten Soros and Koch checks, and I think you should win some oh, kind absolutely. of prize for that, just so everyone's confused. Yeah, it can't be that hard. Angry at you. Um, all right, well, <laughs> if the... Uh, Every time I think about those mystery spots, I think about the uh, Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns hires nine professional baseball players for the uh, plant softball team. And then oh, yeah. eight of them get hindered, uh, including <laughs> one of them falls into this vortex. I can't remember which one it is. Um, it's a good episode. <laughs> and he's just like, really need, like run. <laughs> there's like E equals MC square floats by and like, like anything that's like, <laughs> he's falling forever. Um, I think it's like uh, Don Mattingly, like, like you know, oh, the sideburns, yeah. It's like okay, and uh, Daryl Strawberry is the only one who's still there, and uh, God. takes Homer's spot. We moved on to uh, the Simpsons episode. Fell in the fell in the vortex. Yeah, we assumed the mystery vortex got you, so I decided to go on a Simpsons tangent because. It reminded me of Mystery Vortexes. Um, uh, well, the Mystery Vortex, uh, you escaped it yet again. How do you feel? The technical gods never smile on my podcasts. I'm not sure why. Oh, these guys. Maybe it's my complete these, lack of preparation. These men in black. These men in black. Yeah, I feel like we should have a whole... There's too many paranormal things to discuss. Like, the men in black... The impression of them is so Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones comedic relief. And, like, there's so much weirder, like, in, in uh, the Mothman Prophecies description, where they're just like... Um, they're just like definitely don't sound like humans, much less like Ch Will Smithy and like charming humans. Uh, uh, there's a description in the Mothman prophecies of them of what some guy coming to a police station and like laughing at a pen, like he had never seen it before. Like, so either they're like really high, weird looking dudes, or they're uh, aliens in man suits, and they're. And they always, drive these old cars. Yes, like, always. Like, they're way too clean uh, and, like, new-looking, but they're from, like, the 60s. Uh, so that's fun. That's not a very fashionable thing to be uh, afraid of. I, I think people tend to stick with the space aliens. Uh, maybe some ghosts, I guess. Okay, sorry, I disappeared. Yeah, we figured the mystery vortex guy. But I'm Totally got me. I'm glad you're back from the. Glad you're back from. The that process. happened. I had to get on my phone. Yeah, I, I tried to go see the Sedona vortex there. once. Oh, how was that? Uh, there was absolutely oh, no park. Not a single place in Sedona, Arizona, to park. So we ended oh. up stopping. <laughs> There's um, 
There's yeah, some kind of mystery spot in West Virginia, I think. But I don't know enough uh, people who want to go to things like that are that dumb. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's dumb. What? Uh, yeah, I think it's on the. I was looking at a list because I was thinking about going to. There, used, there's one in. Um, I think there's one in Wisconsin, and there used to be one somewhere else in the Midwest that ended up. I think they closed. There was yeah, because there was this podcast called like the Lost Tapes or something. It was this guy that had just bought these old old reels of, of recording tape, and one was just like a couple of them were just like recordings of a seance from the fifties or something. Oh man! And one was the one was a recording that they would play at this mystery spot he had always wanted to go to as a kid, but by the, the time he finally got a chance to go, it it closed just always had it in the back of his mind, this place he never got to go to, and they completely demolished it, so he couldn't even go to, like, the old, like, he couldn't even, like, look in the building. But he, but just out of nowhere, like, you know, decades later, that happened to be from that mystery spot. And it was, it was, it was just, like, a weird coincidence for him. That's and weird. And tape is really funny, <laughs> kind of spooky to listen to it. That's great, though. How can we com- compete with such eerie coincidences? Uh, man i don't know i love like i just love like the tacky probably bullshit but like very localized stuff like this that that always feels like a a pre tv and even radio form of entertainment you know just like the the tourist trap uh a lot of them are, are from like later, you know, like, but I, I include kind of Roswell and, and Point Pleasant in this kind of thing. But it's just like anything where it's just, uh, it has an element of grift to it. Um, I really appreciate those. So more, more of like the mystery yeah. spots. Um, yeah. And I, again, I'd always feel like I'm not, I shouldn't appreciate things like that, like taking the money of rooms and all, but it's so, I don't know. It's just like, so fun. American. Yeah. It is. I mean, I bought a shirt there. I bought this book. Um, you know, I bought, we like, there was like some admission charge. It's all like, it's great because you can just totally get immersed in it and believe like that's going on. It's like, it doesn't even matter. It's like, it's sort of like being at a carnival, you know? Yeah. Or like a, ma- a magic show where you just like let yourself like totally suspend disbelief and just, and just spy into it and just say, okay, this is, this is legit. This is great. And like, you know, like somewhere in the back of your head, you know, that it's, you know, you know, that it's, uh, that there are all these tricks to it, but it's so fun to, to be able to like, let, let yourself like buy into it just for like the, the thing. Yes. The thing mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. Have you been there, Lucy? It's, no. uh, it, yeah, it's, it, it's a roadside. There's signs all along Arizona, right? Wilcox, Arizona, and there's these signs all along I-10, uh, starting in Texas and starting in L- like like in Cal- Southern California, in both ways, and it's just like, you know, what is the thing? And, and it, you know, and it just goes on and on. Finally, you stopped at this gas station in, in the area called Texas Canyon. It's a kind of picturesque, you know, it's really cool rock formations. And you, um, Olin's Running Indian, which is just these like gas stations slash convenience stores, and they usually like a lot of times they have like fast food place like that one has a very pretty 
out there live on site, like in a double light behind the in the gas station. So when you live there, or when you work there, you live with all your coworkers, and uh, kind of weird because uh, um, if you don't like your coworkers, you're in bad shape. Because <laughs> uh, you know, and they just sell like cheesy like pictures and. Chinese-made moccasins and rubber hatchets and stuff like that. But you pay like fifty cents, and you go and like the see the thing museum, and you see what the thing is. Here's a car that is uh, the same model of car that Hitler was driving. The thing is, is oh it really? <laughs> Here's a guy in the 16th century. The thing is, you know, it's just funny <laughs> there, yeah. So. Yeah, and then you finally get to what the thing fantastic. is. Which fantastic, and it's it's shoddy. <laughs> I mean, it's like we have Netflix, so we don't have to look at stupid things like this anymore. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there's something so incredibly endearing because, like, I don't know the way that like insane uh, localized accents are are endearing, except for the ones next yeah. to me because familiarity. Well, good and, and the. The, the attraction at the thing supposed to be is not what it is. It was it was created by somebody for the express purpose of being in a sideshow. Yeah, completely fascinating history on its own of just bouncing around like like old west. You know, I think it was made like the eighteen nineties and saloons and sideshows. It just I. Like, completely fascinating history but not being the thing that it says it is I mean I just feel like I don't know if that kind of thing is good because I mean it's uh, you know I'm I'm bad at science in the sense that I don't you know study science all day and I didn't study enough of it but I know of a vague sense you know that you know uh, space aliens the existence of them has not been proven in any concrete fashion to say the least uh, and I don't want to be like, well, I can appreciate aliens in the Mothman, but these, again, these rubes can't. But there's certainly an element of, like, not helpfulness with this sort of uh, shyster. <laughs> but it's so fun, I can't help yeah. it. And it's, like, so, I, it's so fun. Like, uh, I think everybody knows. Hmm? Go. I, I think that everybody, I'm sure most people that go, like, to an extent know that it's, you know, like, what, well, like, it's fun to buy into it, but you know, after like the magic of being there and everything wears off. That's, that's I mean, that kind of thing works. is more benign. I th I think the thing is that kind of thing. Um, yeah, the thing. But you know, I don't know. There's the like I I'm being the devil's advocate, imagining like the most annoyingly strident atheist, where like the kind of ones who are like, my kids will never believe it's Santa Claus because that's not scientifically accurate. <laughs> like. God damn it. Yeah, God, let's let right. people, you know. <laughs> Take that, whimsy. Oh, die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I joy. but at the same time, not only, like, obviously Alex Jones is terrible for America, and in some ways, like, the X-Files was probably bad for America, too. Um, like, some of this stuff is not good for, the for like, the people. But I don't know. I just... It is a part of of humanity, though, just the way that like religion and you know other things that are not 
super great, at least in most forms are. And, you know, you can't pretend that aliens aren't a thing in the sense that they're a huge cultural thing. Um, so I, I, yeah. I, I don't feel as bad about it, perhaps. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you want like a healthy level of skepticism and a... Or compartmentalizing like even, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe today is science day, but tomorrow is uh, mystery vortex day, you know, you never... <laughs> right, right. Again, like the inability to enjoy anything thing, like the Santa Claus thing always bothers me. Like Santa Claus is... Is there something wrong with Santa Claus? Like, uh, I, don't, I yeah. don't see the problem. Old, old right. guy bringing you the presents. Even- yeah, well, even it's like, okay, St. Nick is like this Turkish guy that, you know, heard it and went and, you know, gave a pimp some money and said, here, you're letting these women out of out of your stable of sex workers. Here's some gold. Take it or I'm going to punch you. Like, wait, St. Nick that, is pretty cool, too. Wait, did that happen? That, did that happen? That's the, the historical St. Nicholas. Yeah, it was a... Wow. Was a uh, Greek living in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey. That I, I knew about the Turkey thing, but that was about punched, out, punched out some punched out some heretics and <laughs> and then he he and the reindeer bring you presents. Somehow you get there's yeah yeah. It's know. like the question mark is like the third step. The fourth is profit. Well, there's that whole thing with like like Saint Nicholas got conflated with like shaman characters, I guess. 14 times you talk about that a lot. Yeah. There's also like, weird, you know, like, the reindeer, because like there was like reindeer ate like the psychedelic mushroom and then peed and you drink the pee and get high. And like okay. Crying. You're clearly more of an I, expert I on the insanity origins of Santa Claus than I, so maybe we'll discuss yeah, that around December. Like, you know, it's just like, like, a, like the shaman from like psychedelic Right, like, they they kind of ruined Santa Claus for me in the same way that like somebody telling me like he's not real, like just, just no. But like he is real, broadly speaking. Um, yeah, I mean, I still enjoy. Um, I actually realized that I like we we had really beat up, gross stockings um, when I was little. And I enjoy like adding a little extra to them sometimes and being Santa Claus. So like, I don't know, like there's like, I don't know, just. It's a feeling. I think most kids probably gradually grasp like it's, 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 it's figurative guys and they're not. Yeah. I remember by the time my, my mom broke it to me, she's like, I like, you know, she seemed really worried about it. And she's like, I, I need to take something. <laughs> She was like, oh, God, grandma's dying or something. And you, Santa Claus isn't real. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I just liked, I don't know. I, I, I never needed the tie. I just like to, like, act like he was because it's fun. It's just fun. That's all. Santa Claus is good. I, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just, you, the world could use like a shit ton more of rationality and like science and stuff, but like, you would not want to get rid of all the mystery vortexes and like the bearded gift bringing dudes. Like that would get a little flat, I think. 
Like why the why the fuck yeah. does a fairy take your tooth and, and give you like a, a quarter? I don't know, but like that's fun. <laughs> well, and there's always going to be weird things we can't explain. There's I mean, who knows yes. what UFOs really are? But but there's it's something that people see. They have these weird experiences they can't explain that change them many times profoundly. So same thing with a lot of cryptids is that these weird experiences people can't can't explain have these really profound effects on them. And maybe there's something to it. Who knows what it is? You know, like, you know, ghosts, you know, who knows? Yeah. We have to have a way of sort of normalizing. Yeah, well, we have to have a way of normalizing the strangeness. And so, you know, I think think having like a tooth fairy or Santa or something, a gentler way of acknowledging the strangeness in the corners of our, you know, and just out, out of your field of vision that you. I dig that. I like yeah. that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, like, it, I like it. To me, I'm thinking again about like accents and, and, and just that localized, obviously Santa Claus is, is fairly widespread. Um, but that, you know, people thought TV and, and um, television and Hollywood would ruin accents and we'd all sound the same. And it flattened things out a bit, but that totally didn't happen. And all of this weirdness, it makes me feel like the world is bigger in some ways because there are more corners. Um, and I don't know, I find it very, very comforting. Um, I know that, like, again, like, the staunch super atheists find any sort of lack of rationality to be stressful, and they're probably stressed all the time because of that, because humans are uh, are like that. But unfortunately, I kind of find uh, the, the, the nonsense to be comforting, at least to a point. So I don't know. Still trying to work through that. And I, you know, I'm 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 okay with a certain certain level of nonsense. Uh, well, we we all believe strange things. I mean, and, and and it makes the world work. I think we all have agreed that the when the light is green, that means it's go, and when the light is red, that means stop. And yeah, a certain number of people that just invert, believe the other way around, and you have total chaos. So it's like you know we all we all kind of buy into all kind of buy into these things that starting to sound like an argument for the social contract. I didn't yes, say nothing. Yes, a little bit. Me and my boy Lysander didn't sign nothing. Sorry, that was a libertarian <laughs> flare up. But yeah, I mean, I I uh, honestly I, I think that uh, belief in the the state, at least to a large extent, is is deeply irrational, deeply widespread belief. Um, the, the idea that certain people in a certain area known as Washington, D.C. can actually figure things out for people far, far away in any any remotely logical way. I mean, there's it's not the same as saying that an eight foot tall gray guy with wings like chased your car exactly. But I wouldn't argue it it's saying, rational either. Well, yeah, because it's it, it's it's you're, you're it's not saying that Mothman exists, but it's saying that Henry Kissinger uh good ideas that's worth listening to. And his, his, <laughs> How can you even say that, a combination I mean, of words with your mouth? <laughs> you you know, use that like, now. 
eating it. And see if that and that's like, it's almost more harmful you, to like kiss your wife with that mouth where you say things <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, okay now. Oh God. Mothman, speaking of ghouls, do something about Kissinger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah speaking, speaking of, of cryptids. Uh <laughs> 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 Man, um, well, there's a there's more things uh, in heaven and earth, and there's also country music. That was not a real segue, but um, when I anticipated the usual chat about uh, country music that takes place on this fine, illogical podcast, I was thinking about how I hadn't listened to much lately, so... I don't have much to add except that my goddamn boyfriend will not help me set up my record player that I got like a year ago. And I'm sorry to depend on a man, but I tried to figure it out and I couldn't. And if I tried again, he'd probably be like, you're going to break it. And I want my goddamn records. Uh, and also <laughs> I should buy some X tickets because they're coming back and old punks are wonderful. But do you oh, guys have so it? Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. I'm trying to make my mom go because she's thought John Doe was dreamy for many decades now. Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> but it might be like too, too much pressure. She'd be like, it's too, it's too much. You can't handle it. My, my first life. exposure to... What, what was that, Zach? Oh, have you seen them before? Uh, I saw them uh, like two years ago, like sort of for okay. my friend's bachelorette party. We smoked cigars oh, and cool. went to see Anne. It was it was a good day. It almost made me believe that in weddings. Great. Yeah, it's nice. Oh my god! But and you know what? Vegas, which is a long time ago. And oh, that's good. I just realized something really important. Okay, the teen drama about aliens. Roswell, the main human character yeah. who meets the sexy alien boy, and uh, like the things happen. Her father is played by John Doe. True John story. Doe. Yeah, true story. To John Doe was he was the uh, best friend character in the George Strait vehicle, Pure Country. Okay, well that's Earl the drummer. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. See, yeah. he gets around. Wait, you mean Earl the drummer, George Strait's friend? Some <laughs> <laughs> band, one of my all my favorite bands. Um, do you guys have you discovered anything new and worthy of traveling to mystery vortexes while listening to? Um, I've been listening to uh, uh, Jessica Lee Mayfield, who's kind of like I don't know her. Sort of like country rockish, like maybe like indie, maybe more towards like the the indie slant. But she has good like uh, I don't know. It's sort of like like minimalist, but uh, and uh, mopey. But but I like it. Sometimes you gotta mope. Sometimes you gotta mope. Yeah. So uh, once I listened to Elliot Smith and Patsy Cline like on the same playlist, I was like, "All right, I gotta oh. gotta dial it up, yeah. not down. <laughs> gotta dial it up." Whew, don't do that. Don't do that, kids. Uh, I oh Zach, are you gonna? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh no, that was uh, that's mostly it. not a lot of new stuff, but just uh, yeah, Jessica Lee Mayfield is my. My, my most recent and impressed listen, I guess. Nice. Yeah, that phrase makes sense. I definitely have to be in the mood to listen to her, but but when I when I am in that mood, it's on the money. Yeah. She's a 
she covered there's a, a couple years back there was a, a tribute to alabama like the band alabama mm. and she covered one of their most like upbeat happy songs how close like the velvet underground or nico and it was just so slow and it was just it was great it was great she just turned this thing about like like enjoy your life and just kind of turned into like this like dirt about mortality it was, it was great. <laughs> nice that sounds good <laughs> i know i heard the old crow song off of that compilation but i don't really know alabama so i didn't listen to oh yeah yeah i actually missed them when uh when they were here playing their blonde on blonde stuff because i had important uh things to do but uh blonde on blonde is not i don't know i think it's because it includes yeah. uh Includes just like a woman, right? Which is not. It's just fundamentally like one of my least favorite Bob Dylan songs of all time. So yeah, he's a little. That's a little biting. It's a. It's just like. It's like his. Your body is a wonderland. You know what I mean? There's something like condescending about it. It's or, or like uh fuck. There's that other yeah. John Mayer song. Well, they're all. I mean, like half of them are like that. I kind of like, think it's intentional, but it is very like. Yeah, yeah he was not ha- he was not happy with EDC Sedgwick or whatever when he was, <laughs> you can wrote that about. I know, but that's like, a, it's, I, it's the John Mayer of I, Bob Dylan songs. That's my new declaration. Yeah. I do have to say, I'll see if I can uh, if I can find a version to send it to you. But there's on one of the more recent uh, Bob Dylan bootleg collections. It was the entire recordings that he did during that period, and there's this really cool like. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like this upbeat, dancey version of that song. Oh, nice. It made me like it more, mostly just because of the... Yeah. Not as that. much, you know, the, the lyrics in that song will always be a problem. <laughs> They're just <laughs> but, like... But it was... <laughs> yeah. I don't want, I don't want them on me. They're, they're really... <laughs> yeah. They're really well written. It's just like, it's not a nice sentiment that he's conveying. It's kind of an icky sentiment. Like, um, like an Eminem song, some of those, you're like... He's just singing about how much he wants to murder his ex-wife. Like, like, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, a, it's an icky sentiment, but he, he's really good at it. Yeah. Yeah, and like, even though I saw John Mayer when I was like fourteen, and like, there he actually like some of those songs are not condescending odes to women, but like, I also think that Bob Dylan's probably a little more on purpose with with tone than John Mayer being like. Ladies yeah. are attracted yeah. to me, and that's good. <laughs> like, yeah. But I still... Yeah. I, I mean, there's probably more depth to that song that I'm not getting, but it, like... It's not pleasant somehow. I'm just like, I don't know. But yeah. I, I, I listen to, like, NWA being that they're most homophobic and all that <laughs> sort of thing. But, like, I don't know. I don't know, Bob. I don't know. Yeah, that one in uh, Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat, or uh, yeah, I'm kind of into Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. I'm kind of into that song yeah, mainly because, like, my mom. Know. I have a, like a, my mom's like, I have a fun association with my mom appreciating that song and like saying Pillbox oh, okay. Hat in like a weird Bob Dylan intonation. So like, I'm it makes me like very pro that song. So yeah, I, I can see that. I can see. That. Yeah. I feel like. All of these podcasts 
so far have devolved into a discussion about Bob Dylan. Like they I'm have. pretty yeah, sure. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I won't I won't fight that, so just, I just yeah. and it just reminds me that it's been too long since I listened to <laughs> Bob it, Dylan. Um it does end with Bob Dylan a lot, but Yeah, no, it's true. So uh, the universe. Yeah. No, it's true. I have it, I'm good. Uh, I just I just like when people who are really highly rated are actually really good. And I was really happy when I realized the Velvet Underground were kind of also that, with some exceptions. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Even though Nico was really weird. And says yeah, clown, weirdly. In other words, weirdly. I think that's what happens when you're German. Yeah, yeah I think some songs for her like are like almost perfect and some, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to listen to some tunes now. All right. Well. Well. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's good. I I approve it. Yeah, it's true. I, I I think that this is Zach's cue to like just reach behind and pull out a guitar and start playing. But I I, I don't <laughs> I, I don't think he anticipated guitar, yeah. that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not prepared. It's in the storage <gasps> Man. Blocking right now. Uh, do you know what state you might be in for, on our next show, Zach? And what uh, manner of so mystery spots in, you might find? Let's see. I'll probably be in Montana. Ah! So. My favorite state nice. of so all gonna, the states. Yeah. We're going to Idaho this weekend and then Montana, nice. and we'll be there for like close to a month, I think. So haven't been there before, so Ooh. I'm excited to check it out. Oh, uh, it's the best. I want to go. It's awesome. I'll find uh, Gravity Hill or something there, too. Uh, yeah, they probably have. Um, you would think they'd be the land of like of some weird shit like that, but there's so much nothing in yeah. Montana. But in like in a nice, obviously in a good way. Uh, you could always yeah, go yeah. be depressed at the little uh, little Bighorn battlefield if you wanted. That's a I fun think activity. Montana has like a tea, like Montana has a tiki bar that has like the mermaid ladies in it. You can watch swim around a tank. Oh, oh that's cool. weird. I'll just check that out. <laughs> Probably the only one in this group who finds that interesting. But. No, I was. I just had <laughs> yeah, to. Love, um, I love a good tiki bar. <laughs> I just had to edit a really boring article about that involved someone talking about how great tiki bars full of mermaid burlesque were. <laughs> and the mermaid burlesque part, I was like, well, that's kind of awesome, but this is still a bad article. So that's. Uh, yeah. There's a cool tiki bar in Vegas. And yes, separately Frankie's Frankie's mermaid. Tiki Room. Yeah, I cool. really Did we go there. Maybe. Yeah, I love. I love but I went there. We went there last time. I went to Vegas. We went there, and like that's my favorite reason for going to Vegas. I desperately want to get like a mystery <laughs> machine, like full of libertarians who want to like go think about the Cold War and space aliens and travel in Nevada and. That's my yes. that's one of my many dreams in life that, that I've yet to fulfill. Maybe we can make this into like a compelling documentary series about how that would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> See, I'm not gonna pitch it. <laughs> you should fund this project because I want it. The end. Yes. That's how you get yeah. grants. Perfect. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but um, I've run run out of uh, brain cells because um, I've been yeah. drinking these non-alcoholic <laughs> drinks all night long, and I'm how they do that. Yeah. Um, I think well, this is the first 
teetotal episode I've done. Oh no! So <laughs> My God! Congratulations, maybe. Yeah. Didn't have that. Ooh. Well, next time, whenever the hell that is, I don't know what we're talking about. Um, it's on the list Let's somewhere. See. It's on the list, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to talk about ghosts, aren't we? Ooh, maybe. Uh, that, no, we can save that for like no, we can save that for October. I don't know. Ghosts, ghosts, and aliens are rich topics, so um, I think there's probably a we lot. Can always, we can always go back. Yeah. yeah. Ghost aliens. Ghosts of aliens. Yes. Oh shit, that's gonna get real. The scariest kind. At some point, we have to circle back to Bigfoot when Rob Lowe's show about how Bigfoot tried to kill him or whatever. Ah, oh, uh, that looks amazing. I can't wait to watch that. <laughs> I didn't even know uh, about like, the low files. I didn't even know about that. But... Well, I, I have so I many questions that I want Rob Lowe to answer. <laughs> so many. Uh, that's going to be worth like, I mean, we should just like stream that and we'll all watch it. A god. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, next time. Time, everybody. <laughs> Zach will be in Montana. We'll be we might talk about ghosts. That is earlier in the day. Yes. Well, nobody, yeah. nobody uh, see any Mothman out there because they're harbingers of doom. And if you listen to us this far, God bless you. Um, <laughs> and maybe you should tune in next time. Seth and Zach, it's always a pleasure. It's always a good excuse to talk to you fine people. <laughs>